Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench on this chilly, wet Saturday evening in Cork. But it hasn't stopped. Lots of sport going ahead this weekend. Plenty to chat about between now and six. We round up a busy, busy day of FA Cup action and there has Magic of the Cup been a few shocks. More of that coming up for you in a few minutes. We'll also hear from Cork City FC's Barry Coffey as he extends his loan move from Celtic ahead of the new season starting next month. We preview a big game for Munster tonight in Thoman Park. Munster versus Ulster. We'll hear from Graham Roundtree and Mike Haley we've got lots of local Gaelic games for you as well plenty to chat about on that front and Ger McCarthy will be here later on as well discussing and remembering the late great Eamon Ryan the former Cork Ladies football manager so all that and plenty more to come here on the Big Red Bench between now and 7 o'clock Yeah, good evening and welcome. It's a nasty old Saturday evening out there, lads. Not nice at all. Even in the office here, I can hear the rain absolutely baiting down on the uh, on the roof. So uh, take it handy. Stay indoors tonight because it's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. And for the next hour or so, we have lots and lots of sport to chat about. It's, 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 it's the first weekend of 2022. And already we're back up and running after the new year for 2022. And plenty of sport to discuss. Uh, as always, the first weekend after Christmas means that it is FA Cup weekend third round of the FA Cup that's when the Premier League teams the big teams come in and that's when they get to face some of the small teams and that's when you're hoping every year for a giant killing and there hasn't actually been as many giant killings in the FA Cup in recent years as there would have been down through the years many years ago in the, in the 90s and so on but there has been at least one big giant killing in the FA Cup today which is great to see <laughs> uh, maybe not if you're a Newcastle fan but uh, more on those coming up for you in just a few minutes we'll round up some of the full times from around the grounds and we'll bring you all the uh, the scores uh, full times and latest scores from the FA Cup on FA Cup third round uh, Saturday um, but uh, yeah the magic of the cup has been in full swing today because there are some shocks but uh, a lot of them are results you'd expect as well at the same time uh, also we're going to hear from Cork City FC's Barry Coffey now Barry Coffey came to City on loan from Celtic midway through last season and made an immediate impact he played 12 times for City scored 5 goals uh, some are if not all of those goals definitely a few of them were into the shed end and the fans took to him instantly and they loved him in Turner's Cross and uh, they'll be glad to hear and we're glad to hear that Barry is back at City again on loan from Celtic for at least the first uh, four or five months of the new season which starts next month so City are back in pre-season training as of last week after Christmas and they'll be playing some pre-season games in the coming weeks as well Uh, but Barry Coffey will be joining us to chat about uh, coming back to Cork City for a brand new season as Cork City aim to have a big one and to probably I won't say probably I'll say hopefully get out of the first division this season so we'll hear from Barry a little bit later on in the show as well it's a big night for Munster tonight. United Rugby Championship. Uh, they want to bounce back from that defeat to Connacht. They really, really do. And they take on Ulster in Tobin Park tonight. So it's a big one for them. We'll hear from Graham Roundtree. He's going to be discussing tonight's game. He's also going to mention his new contract. He is staying on with Munster. Obviously, Johan van Graan not. But Graham Roundtree is, st- is staying on with Munster. So we'll hear from him later on in the show as well. And also, uh, Munster's Mike Haley ahead of the Ulster match tonight. Uh, we'll be chatting about last week's defeat to Connacht. And we'll be chatting about the game tonight. It's a 7th. 35 kickoff for Munster up in Thoman Park later on this evening. 
Uh, we're also going to look ahead to Corsi Rovers in action tomorrow. They take on Kerry's Kilmoyley uh, in the Intermediate Munster Club Hurling Final. So we'll uh, we'll preview that game. We'll hear from um, the uh, the Corsi's camp ahead of that. And uh, Bally Giblin as well. They're looking to land a historic Munster title when they face close neighbours on the border of Tipperary. Shkihina Rinky. Uh, that's in the junior decider in Mallow at half one tomorrow. So uh, we'll hear from the Bally Giblin camp as well. I always used to love like, Remember when you go to Dublin? on the old Dublin road years ago and you'd kind of be on the Tipperary border you'd be gone past Mitchellstown and as a kid I used to get a great kick out of going through Shkihina Rinky now there's not a whole lot there I think there's a, there's like a pub and a post office and a shop and a house and that's about it but uh, just the name of it Shkihina Rinky uh, I don't know just give me a giggle when I was growing up going through uh, going through it on the way to Dublin um, uh, we're also going to hear then from Inascara today in the Camogie because despite a spirited performance Inascara are out unfortunately of the Munster Camogie Senior Club Championship they were beaten uh, 1-8 to 8 points by I'll have to see like, I, I, I could be totally wrong with the pronunciation of the Clare team they were they were playing today so I'm giving you advance warning that Clare's Scarif the Scarif part is fine Oganello, Oganello. I, I, if, if anybody knows the correct one, text in please. 086-8104-106. But uh, we will hear from uh, Stephen McCormick there from the Inascara camp a little bit later on on that as well. And Jeremy McCarthy um, is going to be remembering the late, great Eamon Ryan, of course. Uh, huge success down through the years with the Cork Lady football team. And uh, there was a documentary about Eamon on TG Cahar over Christmas called On Moshter, uh, The Master. And uh, his son, Jim Ryan is going to be talking to Jeremy McCarthy, so that'll be nice towards the end of the show as we remember a Cork sporting great um, down through the years as well. So uh, I suppose we will first of all turn our attentions to the FA Cup because there was plenty action in the FA Cup today and there was loads going on. Uh, there was about 10,000 games in the FA Cup third round today so we won't go around the grounds and bring you every game because uh, if we do report from every game we will have time for nothing else in the show between now and 7 o'clock but we will do some of the... Uh, the games involving Premier League teams and uh, some of the shockers today as well. And uh, the real shocker in the FA Cup today, without a doubt, the giant killing was Cambridge featuring Ireland's own Wes Houlihan today. Uh, Cambridge were up against Newcastle. And I was listening to a preview of that game this morning and, you know, all the talk has been about Newcastle and their, their Saudi Arabian owners and, and all the money they have. And they had Kieran, Kieran Trippier making his debut today, I think, as well for Newcastle, a big signing for them during the week. And they're putting big money in and they are struggling in the Premier League because the, the new owners haven't had a chance to really strengthen the squad before January and they've only won one game all season. So Newcastle have beaten one Premier League team all season. And now Cambridge have beaten one Premier League team all season. So they're even, because Cambridge, victorious against Newcastle today in the FA Cup at St. James's Park. My God, Stephen Goldsmith was there watching for us. Newcastle nil, Cambridge one. A familiar sinking feeling for Newcastle, this time at home to a side two divisions below them in the football pyramid and a super famous result for Cambridge United. Their winning goal was scored by Joe Ironside, an isolated figure up front for most of this game, capitalising on some terrible defending by Newcastle from Dubravka and from his defenders in front of him. Newcastle huffed and puffed but could not blow the house down. Mitov in the Cambridge goal was absolutely superb. Cambridge beat Newcastle for the first time since 1984. 
It finishes at St. James's Park. Newcastle nil. Cambridge won. Now that is an, an astonishing result really at St. James's Park this afternoon. Cambridge, lowly Cambridge. We love to see it, you know, in the FA Cup. It's fantastic. That's exactly what you want to see in the FA Cup. And hopefully there'll be more of it across the weekend. Uh, you like to see the underdogs do well. And uh, Cambridge now could go on and get a big tie for themselves. They'll be hoping for, obviously, a home tie against a Premier League team in the next round of the FA Cup. But they have beaten a Premier League team today. 1-0 against Newcastle. And uh, Newcastle's new wealthy owners, the Saudi Arabians, they've got a lot of work to do and they've got a lot of money to spend to overhaul Newcastle. And, um, I mean, I suppose the hope is just to keep them in the Premier League this season uh, because if they were to go down, which is quite likely the way they've been playing and the, and the position they are on the table, it would really delay um, the Newcastle owners' plans for for, for greatness uh, by at least a year if not more uh, you'd imagine they'd get back up straight away but they're out of the FA Cup anyway that's all that matters and I suppose from their perspective they can concentrate on the Premier League but a big day day for Cambridge so well done to them today um, another um, probably not on the same scale but another shock result and, and what you might call a giant killing I don't know what you call Reading a giant probably not but in comparison to Kidderminster Reading are giants because they're in the championship and Kidderminster are way way down um, and today Reading went to Kidderminster and uh, they lost. They were beaten. Another shock result in the FA Cup. Tom Ross was there watching for us. Mr. Harriers 2, Reading 1. Another memorable FA Cup win for National League Northside. Kidderminster saw off Championship Reading with an heroic performance. They had to come from behind, though, after George Fuskas put the Royals in front. But Guts' desire and commitment saw Harriers level it through Sam Austin. But the crowd went absolutely crazy when Amari Morgan Smith sent them into the fourth round with a deserved winner. 70 places between between these two teams in the league pyramid but you would never have guessed it it finished Kidderminster Harriers 2 Reading 1 that is unbelievable 70 places between Kidderminster and Reading but uh, well done to them elsewhere then two Premier League teams doing battles today and um, it was Leicester up against Watford Leicester were missing quite a few players going into this but uh, they still had more than enough to see off Watford uh, by four goals to one Adam Jury was there at the King Power Stadium watching for us Holders Leicester City progressed to the fourth round of the FA Cup with a 4-1 victory over Watford. The Hornets were actually better than the scoreline suggests. Their attack caused problems for the Foxes, but it's their inability to prevent free balls that ultimately caused their downfall and hints at why they've lost nine of the last ten matches. But Leicester had too much quality going forward to be denied, scoring 15 goals now in their last five matches and by winning this tie have kept their hopes of retaining the cup alive. Leicester City 4, Watford 1. And elsewhere then, another Premier League team in action. It was a, a South London derby. Crystal Palace went into the den to face Millwall and Joe Rawson was watching. Full-time, Millwall 1, Crystal Palace 2. A proper old-fashioned tie between two London rivals. Ends up with the Premier League team progressing. The upset was on at one point, though. The Lions taking a deserved lead into half-time. Benny scoring after a horrendous error by Palace goalkeeper Jack Butland he was caught dwelling on the ball trying to play out from the back and Afobe couldn't miss an empty net but Michael Elise inspired a second half turnaround for Palace the winger scoring a superb goal to equalise a minute after the restart and then he sets up Jean-Philippe Mateta who headed in what turned out to be the winner there'll be headlines about Millwall fans booing the taking of the knee but on the pitch Patrick Vieira who has such an affinity with the FA Cup he won it five times as a player has seen his team move into round four full time Millwall 1 Crystal Palace 2 
That's at the Danger Ross and there um, we will round up all the scores for you now because as I said we'll be here all night and we won't get anything else in if we have a full time report from every, every FA Cup game today so we'll start with the early games today Middlesbrough seeing off Mansfield Town 3-2 Fulham um, in an all championship clash um, against Bristol City they had a 1-0 win there after extra time against Bristol City Huddersfield were victorious against Premier League Burnley uh, another bit of a shock there 2-1 the final score in that one Coventry City had a 1-0 victory over Wayne Rooney's Derby this afternoon as well Hartlepool were up against Blackpool Hartlepool 2 Blackpool won the final score as you heard there Crystal Palace 2 Millwall 1 Barnsley and Barrow sounds like a cracker it went to extra time and after extra time it finished 5-4 in that one uh, Boreham Wood had a 2-0 win over Wim- AFC Wimbledon as we heard earlier Kidderminster Harriers great name for a club Kidderminster Harriers they had a 2-1 victory over Reading big shock there as we heard also Leicester had a 4-1 win over Watford and the big one of the day the big giant killing was of course Cambridge United won Newcastle United nil at St James's Park Newcastle at home elsewhere then Peterborough had a 2-1 win over Bristol Rovers Port Vale were hammered by Premier League Brentford no surprises there 4-1 the final score uh, QPR went through on penalties um, went to a penalty shootout uh, it was one all and penalties then saw QPR through against Rotherham United elsewhere then West Brom took the lead against Brighton early on in that game but it was the Premier League team who came out victorious after extra time full time score after extra time Brighton 2 West Brom 1 elsewhere then all championship clash not all championship clash actually it was a Blackburn of the Championship up against Wigan 3-2 the final score there in favour of Wigan Athletic then you got a scoreless draw well it's scoreless at the moment at least anyway heading for half time these games ongoing now Birmingham against Plymouth Argyle 0-0 there in that game Chelsea are banging in the goals in the first half 40 minutes on the clock at Stamford Bridge they are playing Chesterfield well lads there's no hope of um, any sort of shock in this one because 40 minutes on the clock already heading for half time it is Chelsea 4 Chesterfield 0 uh, Timo Werner Callum Hudson-Odoi Romelu Lukaku and Christensen as well all getting the goals there for Chelsea uh, a few other games ongoing at the moment Everton having their struggles at the moment under Rafa Benitez Rafa Benitez he's actually the favourite with the book to be the next Premier League manager to get the boot to be sacked but uh, he won't be sacked after this one I don't think if, if it stays like this because coming for half time there as well it is Everton 2 Hull City 1 uh, also heading for half time uh, in Swansea it's Swansea City nil. Southampton winning their 1-0 against uh, against Swansea and uh, one other game underway as well it's Bournemouth of the Championship up against Yeovil Town and Bournemouth there after 28 minutes are 1-0 up on Yeovil as well so that's the FA Cup all rounded up for you and uh, we'll keep you up to date on the scores as, they, as they're ongoing there most games tightly poised only one goal in all of them except the Chelsea game they're 4-0 up so uh, that's pretty much done and dusted um, let's just round up some of the other um uh, sport action ongoing, ongoing today or around today uh, Gaelic Games first of all and Dublin manager Desi Farrell has confirmed that neither Stephen Cluxton nor Jack McCaffrey will be part of his panel this year Farrell was speaking today after his side began their season with a 2-12 to 13 points so Burn Cup victory over Offaly in Tullamore elsewhere in the same competition Kildare beat Westmeath by 19 points to 8 Wexford had plenty to spare in seeing off Leash hammering 6-10 to 13 points while Holders Longford came from behind to beat Louth 2-13 to 14 points in the McGrath Cup 
Cork saw off Clare 2-9 to 10 points so Rebels victory there in the Munster Hurling Cup Kerry scored a famous victory over Tipperary at Austin Stacks Park the Kingdom overcoming uh, their much vaunted neighbours 17 points to 14 and um, elsewhere then in rugby tonight as we mentioned it is Munster and Ulster in action Peter Romani and Simon Zebo are back for Munster this evening for that game uh, the visit of Ulster in the United Rugby Championship uh, Munster obviously looking to bounce back as we said from their loss at Connacht last week and that is a 7.35 start in Thoman Park we will preview that game in just about two minutes time so if you're a Munster fan stick around uh, in tennis the, the Novak Djokovic or Novak Djokovic as he's nicknamed this week uh, the, the saga runs and runs and now no, lawyers for Novak Djokovic the claim he has the correct paperwork or he had the correct paperwork at the border when he was stopped and he met the requirements to play at the Australian Open he's been stuck now uh, much to uh, to um, a lot of his uh, family's disgust in quarantine, in a hotel quarantine, since Wednesday after his exemption, apparently after recently contracting COVID, was deemed invalid by the federal border authorities. Uh, two other people connected to the Australian Open, including Czech player Renata Varikova, have voluntarily left the country over visa exemption problems similar to Novak Djokovic. But um, he, he did apparently test positive for COVID on the 16th of December, which would qualify him for um, a, a recovery cert or a recovery exemption or something. But uh, not sure if the Australians are going to have it. It's causing a lot of unrest over there if they let him in. And golf, Seamus Power says he'll need two more rounds in the mid-60s this weekend if he's to contend at the Tournament of Champions. He signed for an eight under par round of 65 in Hawaii last night to move 10 under par. And uh, Power's inside the top 10 there, seven strokes behind the leader, Cameron Smith. Now we will in a few minutes hear from Cork City's Barry Coffey. Uh, City fans stick around for that and we'll go back to football. But right now we are going to turn our attentions to rugby, as I said. And as I've mentioned, it is, uh, of course, Munster and Ulster tonight, United Rugby Championship, 7.35 at home. Park, and we're going to hear now from Munster coach Graham Rowntree. He is staying on with Munster. He has signed a new contract. He talks about his new contract towards the end of this piece. But first of all, he's uh, reflecting, I suppose, on last week's defeat to Connacht, and of course, looking ahead to the game against Ulster tonight as well. It, it is a challenge, Tom. You got guys who've not played or started a game for two months. Units who have not prepared a lot of time to get on the training field and you're constantly adapting. We had a session last week where we had two guys pulled from the session as we're walking to the session. But that's the same with every team. In every club, there's, there's been loads of disruptions. Uh, but that's, that's no excuse for what happened Saturday night. We've highlighted the key areas where we've got to be better around our composure, around the discipline. We conceded 17 penalties. We, we don't do that. You know, you're struggling to win a game giving that many away and they kept... They kept utilising those penalties to put us in the corner or take the points. Um, so no disruptions. It's no excuse. I mean, I'm I've been right in the middle of all those disruptions. Sat in a hotel in Cape Town with 14 other guys for 10 days. Then came back and did another 10 days here in isolation, coaching from my laptop. We actually won some big games without me here, with me coaching through my laptop. Thank God for Pinotage and South African red wine. That's all I'll say. That's why I look like I've been living on a desert island for the last month, because I pretty much have uh, in isolation. But no, that's, that's no excuse for what happened Saturday night. Let me reiterate that. We've got to be better. We've just got to be better than we were. I say that's one thing we've been really good at, particularly the last couple of years, is, is bringing these guys through. And we spoke before about the art, the art of bringing those guys through at the right time with the right people around them. Thought Kendo, Alex Kendall was very good against Saturday night playing at seven, his first start for the club at seven. And some of the 
the data that the data that's in the game now that's available to us. Some of his work rate was incredible. He set set a new standard there. So no, very pleased with the young guys. That's what we have got an abundance of now, particularly in that back five of the scrum. So that's for, for me as a forwards coach. That's that's pretty pretty pleasing. Because no, I like it here so much. It's, you know, I've, I've actually said on a statement. I think I've said before what I think of the club and the people here. Uh, my family have settled really well. It's important in our world to have a good balance uh, of work and play time. I've enjoyed that here and um, I'm enjoying working with the people I work with, with the coaches and the players. That's it, really. Um, can't say any more than that. That is uh, part of the uh, Munster coaching staff, obviously Munster coach Graham Roundtree and great to hear that he's so happy in Munster and he's enjoying it. He's enjoying working with Munster. He's enjoying life in Ireland and uh, happy to sign a new contract and uh, hopefully it's a Munster victory tonight against Ulster up in Thomond Park, 7.35 kickoff and... uh, we're going to hear now from Mike Haley of Munster as well. And firstly, he's actually speaking about last week's defeat to Connacht. Yeah, I mean, we're not um, hiding from the fact that we were massively disappointed. You know, it was a frustrating game for us and, you know, we didn't perform and we just needed to hash a few things out and just, you know, have a bit of a meeting and just talk talk through some some of the key points that we thought arose from the game. Um, and you get out of the way on a Monday and I think that's actually, you know, been a good opportunity because the the squad's only probably been back together for another couple of weeks, so you get a, a performance like that in early, it gives you a bit of a kick in a kick in the teeth, and you've got to get it right straight away. Um, so, you know, we're looking at it potentially as a blessing in disguise, and uh, we can put that to bed and, and move on. The best thing you can do is to you have to park it, move on from it on the Monday, and then you look forward to what's coming up on the weekend. There's no bigger challenge than Ulster and, you know, the interpros with Leinster, Ulster and Connacht, they're all insanely tough games. You know, there's no easy match there. Um, so the best thing to get over a poor performance is to get straight back on the horse and, and look forward to the next week. Um, so, no, yeah, there's a bit of excitement again again uh, around the camp again. Uh, and, you know, we're looking forward to, to you know, pulling out a bit better performance on the weekend. I suppose it's just getting um, your time and being able to deal with the pressure that actually comes with the game. Um I know when you, so say when we had the time off with South Africa and then the isolation stuff, you can be doing all the training you want in the background, but until you get into the, the full speed swing of playing a game of rugby, um, whether that's in training or on the field, the, there's elements of timing and reading situations that you just can't get in any other situation. So, you, I mean, if you look at like a pre-season, for example, you'd have about five, six, seven weeks to to get yourself up to that speed. So come the first game, you know, you're flying, whereas there's situations here where there's lads that hadn't really played for like seven, eight weeks, had done nothing. Then, you know, you come in, you have a couple of weeks training and you've got to perform with the highest standard. And that's where you, you have to put yourself in the best situation of, you know, training as much as you can, getting all the reps that you need and get to speed as, as quickly as possible. Um, and it's a challenge, but it's something that, you know, we're all addressing. That's Monsters Mike Haley um, talking about last week's defeat to Connacht and of course looking ahead to Munster versus Ulster in the United Rugby Championship at 7.35 tonight in Thoman Park. Best of luck to Munster and hopefully we're on the show here this evening or tomorrow evening discussing a Munster victory and uh, it's ahead of a couple of big weeks for Munster obviously um, Champions Cup games to come the next couple of weeks against uh, back-to-back Champions Cup games actually against uh, Cast and of course against Wasps as well so uh, fingers crossed it'll be good for Munster to get a victory tonight go into those games and 
confident mood and uh, who knows go on to get the victories hopefully against Cast and against um, Wasps as well so uh, best of luck to Munster tonight up in Thoman Park um, and uh, that is live on TV as well on RT if you want to watch it I think tonight um, from uh, 7.35 kickoff. Now, uh, later on, lots of Gaelic games to come in the show as well. We will be, as I said, hearing from the Corsi Rovers camp, the Bally Giblin camp. We'll hear from the Inniscarra Camogie camp as well. And we will have Jeremy uh, McCarthy remembering the late um, Eamon Ryan, the former Cork Ladies football manager. And uh, he'll be chatting to his son, Jim Ryan, about that as well and the documentary about him over Christmas. But now we're going to turn our attentions back to football. And we're going to talk about Cork City because Cork City are back in pre-season as of this week. Uh, pre-season games start in about a week's time. And then the season starts. So I must check the exact date, but it starts um, at the latter end of February anyway. And um, it's a big, big season for Cork City because they, they need really to get back up to the Premier Division where they belong this season. And I know Colin Healy, the manager, has set out that target. And he said promotion is the target this year. So hopefully it'll be automatic promotion, maybe through the playoffs, but hopefully City can top the league. But it's going to be tough because there are a lot of big clubs there as well um, who'll be vying for that top spot with only one automatic promotion spot in the first division. So the likes of Galway United, the likes of Waterford who got relegated and you got Bray and you got Longford, you got loads of them all all vying to, 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 to get their ahead of Cork City. But hopefully Cork City will be in the position to top the league and to get promoted back to where the club belongs in the Premier Division and they've made some signings they've made quite a few signings in the off-season to strengthen the squad and one of those signings only announced last week was um, a man who was already on loan at Cork City last season uh, he came for the second half of the season Barry Coffey on loan from Celtic Tipperary man Barry Coffey on loan from Celtic and um, he did quite well 12 appearances 5 goals for Barry Coffey impressed in the second half of last season so he's back on loan from Celtic again until June at least and who knows maybe that will be extended and maybe uh, if it all goes to plan and things are going well for City and Barry um, he might be extended and might be for the season but we're going to be joined by Barry Coffey now and I'm delighted to say he joined us on the line and and uh, Barry, as I was saying, you made a, an impact with the, the supporters and with the manager and with uh, your fellow players, I suppose, when you arrived last season, uh, getting the goals, some of them into the shed ends. And uh, um, I suppose you're, you're delighted to be back. Obviously, you're happy in Cork and just delighted to be back and ahead of the new season to be back and signed up for another few months. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, delighted, delighted to be back. As you said, we had a, we had a strong kind of end to the season last year. Um, and yeah, no, over the moon to be back. Um, you made a bit of a, an impact when you arrived at the club last year as well. You played 12 times in the league and scored five goals as well and a couple of those goals into the shed. So, I mean, it, you made a big impact with the Cork City fans and I think you hit the ground running, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I did. It was, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my football um, come the end of last year. It, it, was, it, was, it was really nice to be, I suppose, playing under Colin and he kind of gave me that freedom uh, you know, to go to go and get goals, get in the box and, and score. So I was, you know, I was I was delighted to do that. And look, it was just a bit a bit sweeter that it was kind of in front of the shed with all the fans there that were allowed in with the restrictions and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, look for myself, I was I was delighted. Um, you know, they took to me, so it was really nice to kind of score in front of them. But I don't mind scoring in the other end either. Once I'm in the back, and I was just as happy. You'll take the goals wherever they come on the pitch or whatever stadium I'd imagine Barry but um, yeah I mean it was uh, a couple of the goals into the shed and um, the reaction was great I remember seeing videos of a couple of them and you're running into the fans and the fans are hugging you and I think it was such a great impact because the fans were only just back in the stadium as well it was one of the, the first games having a, a close to being allowed the, the full complement of fans back in the stadium so I mean they were delighted to just 
get a chance to celebrate some goals and be there and watch the match and you scored the goal you were straight into them and I think you immediately endeared yourself to them so um, I mean that that's a nice relationship to build up as well isn't it? Oh massively massively and, and, and when I see uh, when I see the videos after and, and when I just look back at them um, from now like there are moments uh, I know I, I'll uh, I'll treasure forever there were some, some fresh moments me personally and then just for for the team and, and as you said in front of the shed end um, so yeah they were really really fresh moments and uh, as you said yeah I'll take the goals uh, any stadium anywhere once I'm scoring and the team so well I'm, I'm uh, once I'm contributing to that I'll, I'll always be happy but uh, yeah it was nice as you said after everything that had went on for the probably past 12-15 months with COVID with fans not being allowed in and that um, I suppose it was just a really nice kind of End end to the year to to give to kind of get the fans back in and then to put on some good performances from not just me personally but as a team we we really uh you know we finished the season um strong strong enough so um yeah it, it came together nicely. Certainly finished the season a lot stronger than than the the first half of the season for the club, Barry. Um, the the first half was disappointing. I know I know I've chatted to Colin about that, and uh, I think Colin Colin reckons a big a big part of not making the playoffs was was the team really didn't hit the ground running at the start of the season. So I think it's important this season heading into the the start of the league next next month really to uh, to kind of hit the ground running and get off to a good start, isn't it? Because the first division is a tough tough league. Yeah, that's exactly it. Look, um, obviously. I wasn't there at the start of last season, but you could see the dominant effect they had throughout the whole year. You're kind of always chasing yourself um, when, you, when, when, they, when they got off to kind of a bad start. Um, and as you said, then there's some there's some really quality sides that don't let you back in. So if you, you kind of get through, if you go through a sticky patch, even for a couple of weeks, it can really end up affecting long term the whole season. So uh, yeah, look, it was it was definitely something that all the boys will, will learn from. Um, and kind of one that they want to put right come come the start of this season, uh, me included. So you know it'll be it'll be a definitely an exciting time, an exciting way to start the season. Kind of having knowing that if you don't go get results early on, it can it can really hurt you. As I said, the whole year. So uh, yeah, we'll be trying to justify that and and get as, as much positive positive results as a team as possible. Definitely. Um, you arrived from Celtic, obviously, Barry, as we said, and um, you, you, you came on loan and you're still on loan from Celtic until June of next season. And um, what, what was your knowledge of the League of Ireland? Obviously, you're from Tipperary, you're from Nina, so it wouldn't be a League of Ireland hotbed. Had, had you ever been to Turner's Cross before? Had you ever watched much League of Ireland before? Did you know much about it? No, personally, I hadn't been to, down to Turner's Cross. Um, of course, I've I, I seen all about it. Um, Although I know Nina and Tate probably isn't a, a football or <laughs> you know artistic league, or League of Ireland, as you said, hot hotspot. But uh, you know, just some seriously top talented players, and, and a good a good few of them had had been from Cork. So I always I always personally remember watching you know uh, the cup finals and that where you see Shawnee Shawnee McGuire score and in the last minute and, and moments like that. I, I always I always kind of followed it followed it that way. But um, you know, it was. It's great to kind of when you do come home and you 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 hadn't I obviously hadn't played and as a young lad I went to I'd been in Scotland so to come home and you don't really realise how good it is or, or how like um, strong it is until you know you come and play in it so there's some really top talented players and it's uh, you know we're, we're lucky that it's, it's building in the country and, it, and every year it seems to be growing and getting better so uh, yeah hopefully long may that continue. 
Uh, you mentioned the cup finals and Shawnee Maguire getting the goal and all that kind of thing. Um, they, they were big times for the club a few years ago, Barry. And I suppose from our perspective here in Cork, it's, it's a shock for us all being involved in the club for, for the last 20-odd years or more um, to, to see the club in the first division. I mean, uh, we had a brief period in the first division uh, about a decade ago as well. But I mean, the Cork City is always up there challenging for the league title, always in cup finals over the years. So you're, you're, we're here now in the first division. Would it, would it mean a lot to you, obviously, to be part of a team that brought the club back up and, and back towards those glory days again? Oh, absolutely. Jeez, it, it, would be, it would be a major honour, not just for me, but for everyone there now involved. That, that, that would be a major honour. Um, and, and that obviously has to, no matter what, for, for every club in the first division, that, that's obviously the goal is, is, to, is to get promoted and get, get back up to, to the Premier Division. But um, yeah, of course, that, that, that would be massive. And, you know, with a... Uh, it would be it would be a tough and long season, but um, as I said, that every team in the in the first division's goal at this before the first game of the season, no matter what, is going to be and they get promoted. So uh, yeah, it would be uh, it would be, be a tough season, but uh, hopefully a good season ahead. Uh, and we know it's going to be tough because the first division is a very tough league as we said earlier on as well and I, I know from chatting to Colin he knows how tough it is and chatting to John Caulfield recently about Galway and so on uh, it's going to be a tough league Waterford have come down into the league now as well so you have Cork City you have Galway you have Waterford and then you have other teams down there the Longford are after coming down you've, you, I mean, you've Bray there's a lot of big teams there who'll all be vying for what's only one automatic promotion spot so I mean if there was two or three spots there it would be a lot easier but I mean the playoffs then are a lottery it's one automatic promotion spot so it's a tough tough league and again that goes back I suppose to what we said needing a good start and so on but I mean it, there's not much room for error really sure there's not Barry it's it's it, it's going to be a tough league to get out of but I know Colin has stated the aim is obviously to get out of the first division this year Yeah no the course it is, it's going to be very tough um, but no matter what no matter what uh, no matter what league you're in you're always trying to get out and it's always going to be tough to get out so as you said there's a lot a lot of tough Top clubs now in the in the first division, and that's coming stronger, and, and ultimately that's benefiting the Premier Division, making that even better. So uh, yeah, it's going to be seriously tough, and as you said, you're going to need it's going to be a long journey, kind of ups and downs with a bit of luck. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting one as a player looking at it. There's not just some some kind of tough, some big fixtures in there, but they're me uh, personally, they're ones you want to play, and you you want to be playing against the best you can be every every week to get the best out of yourself so you know it will be, uh, be very tough and as you said only one spot and with playoffs everyone knows every playoff is, is a lottery um, it's very tough to get out but I think that makes it all the sweeter when or if you do and, or whoever does do it, it it always makes it sweeter because you know that how hard it is so it, you know you cherish it a bit more Definitely, and um, was it was it a no brainer, Barry? I mean, when when you got the opportunity to uh, obviously having been here last season to extend your loan spell and come back for for at least some of this season up to, uh, as of now up until June, but who who knows beyond that? Um, and I suppose your relationship with Colin Healy is a big thing as well, isn't it? Because you knew Colin from um, when he was coaching the Ireland underage squads and so on too. So um, obviously Colin was a big influence there, but I suppose a, a huge part of it as well was having been here for a few months last season and, and seeing what the club's about and and getting used to Cork as a place as well yeah yeah. as you said look Colin's obviously been has been top drawer he's been really good with me since since I came in halfway through the season last year um, and yeah it was, it was it's a very exciting one I really enjoyed my time here um, at the end of last season and I really enjoyed my football alongside that so you know it was it was very uh, it was very appealing and, and 
I kind of knew the, the kind of project and, and the players here and, and kind of big season ahead and yeah it was it was definitely one that that was exciting for me um, and and then I suppose the fans then making me feel yeah. feel very welcome and and, and and enjoying me kind of obviously made me feel a bit more at home here so uh, you know it was it was a lot of, a lot of things came together and, and seemed right to, uh, to to come back and hopefully have another good uh, good kind of few months um, and a good start to the season with them like you mentioned the fans again there and we had spoken about that at the start of the interview well, was that actually a big factor I mean uh, would, would you love now to go and score a few more goals into the shed in front of those fans um, was that a huge that, that, that they got behind you was that a big factor in, in making you feel welcome at the club oh of course that, that's uh, yeah definitely um, you know it's it's, it's obviously if, if you weren't loved and, and, and if you're tired enough to play so it definitely made me feel a lot more uh, you know a lot more easier and you know, it's nice to kind of be able to repay, repay them with, with scoring goals. But to be honest, if it's if it's me or any any of the rest of the lads scoring, it, it, that's the main thing is that, that the team's doing well and, and everyone's performing for for, for for not the fans, the, the staff themselves. Um, so once we're all kind of turning on the on the one wheel, then we're we're all doing we're all doing the right things. Uh, you know that that's kind of the end goal, and that's all that really matters. But yeah, of course, from a personal point of view, it's. Uh, you know, it's obviously bittersweet to be doing to be doing personally well and, and, and contributing yourself. But uh, as I said, the main thing is that the team's doing well and, and the team's putting in good performances all together for, for them because you know they weren't there for a good few, like over 12 months probably, as I said. So to have them back, it was important that we, uh, you know, we, we showed how much they mean, not just to me, but to us all that we put on performance for them. And you're back in pre-season as of last week, pre-season training, and uh, there's a couple of games coming up now over the next couple of weeks in pre-season as well, ahead of the start of the League of Ireland First Division um, towards the end of February. But uh, how's pre-season training going, Barry, after Christmas? I suppose it's tough going, is it? Yeah, yeah, look, pre-season's kind of, you know, the foundation for the season. You need to get, you need to kind of get the hard, the hard running in to benefit you in the long run. So, uh, yeah, look, it was, it was good. I, I, uh, Good to be back, as I said, and, and yeah, I think everyone's just kind of itching now to kind of get a couple of minutes throughout the games and pre-season, and then you know go into the to the season fresh and, and full of energy, and, and hopefully make it a good one. Great stuff. Hopefully it is a good one, Barry. Hopefully uh, it's a one that'll see Cork City go back up to the Premier Division of the League of Ireland. Listen, Barry, thanks for chatting this afternoon, and uh, best of luck for the season, and we, we'll see you over the course of the season. All right. Appreciate that, no worries, mate. Thank you. Nice one, Cork City's Barry Coffey. Okay, uh, just give you the updated um, uh, FA Cup scores. There's four or five FA Cup games ongoing at the moment. Still scoreless, just into the second half in all these games now between Birmingham and Plymouth, nil all. Chelsea still 4 0 up in Chesterfield at Stamford Bridge. Hull uh, 1, Everton 2. Rafa Benitez will be uh, hoping for a, a bit of a reprieve there. So 2 uh, 1 to Everton in that game. Southampton still 1 0 up on Swansea. And Bournemouth are 2 0 up on Yeovil as well. So they're the latest scores in the FA Cup for you. And we gave you all the scores from the, the earlier ones earlier on as well. You're listening to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Still to come, lots and lots of Gaelic games between now and 7 o'clock. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.
Cork's Red FM. Yeah, it is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock. A busy weekend of sport. Uh, we're turning our attentions to Gaelic Games now next. And Corsi Rovers take on Kerry's Kilmoyley on Sunday, tomorrow, in the Intermediate Munster Club Hurling Final. An old friend in John Myler will be on the opposition sideline at the Gaelic Grounds for this one. Throwing is at 1.30 tomorrow. And Aidan, during the week, caught up with Corsi Rovers boss Sean Goheen to get his views ahead of the game uh, Sean thanks a million for joining us here on the Big Red Bench I hope all, all is well with you after the Christmas break we're all good in, by, it's a lot of talk you know and chocolates but look we're good by we're great thanks we'll leave a great chance to work it all off Sunday so it's it's the big day the, the Munster Intermediate Hurling Final uh, it must have been nice to have had that to look forward to over Christmas ah, it was great to be fair um, you know the, 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 there's a great buzz around the place um, look going to Munster Final obviously the start of the year I suppose that the whole pri- the priority was probably getting over the group stage, but to go on and win a county and now uh, being in a Munster final, it's, it's a fantastic feeling and we're really looking forward to it, you know. Was Christmas a bit of uh, a nervy time in terms of COVID cases and all that? Uh, did everyone get through safely? It was, was, was indeed. Uh, I suppose when we won the semi-final, we gave the boys a week off. We had a month out, so we gave them a week off. And the COVID, obviously, as you know, it, it was rampant. And, and, and it, you know, we did get a couple of cases. But um, obviously, you'd be concerned, you know, with, with the build-up to the game. And But thank, thankfully, everyone is, uh, has a full bit of health and we're, we're all good to go. We have a full squad available. And they're all healthy and fine, thanks. It's it's strange enough coming into a Munster Club final that two teams would have any sort of familiar, familiarity with each other. But in this case, uh, a man in John Myler, of course, who who trained Corsi Rovers before, and his side, Kilmoyley, which he, you know a nice bit about. That's right, yeah. Like, John, I'd be good friends with John. He's a sound guy. Um, we, we played Kilmoyley. He'd gone back a couple of months ago. Um, I would know Kilmoyley, I used to do a couple few sessions on Art Fort as well and was at a few games down there as well. Um, and, and, and it's amazing that they're, what, what, what we know and what they're about, they're, 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 they're massive tradition down there. They're a very uh, proud club and they play very aggressively and they're very good hurlers. Um, and with John there obviously as well, he's an advantage as well, uh, to be fair to the guy, you know, he's top class. I'm sure you'd want to recreate that, that blistering start you had against Mungers uh, when Sean Toomey found the net really early on in the game. How big a factor can that be, uh, particularly to a forward's confidence scoring early in the game? I, I think it's obviously, it, 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 with such a, a, a big game uh, like like next Sunday, I think it's great. It's very important, um, you know, get off a good start. Um, I found that the last day, we got a great start. Um, we probably could have got another two goals which uh, keep made two great saves. Um, the confidence was good, but then in the second half, uh, we were five up at half time. I felt that we just took the foot off the pedal. And to be fair to Mungress, they came thundering back into the game and we found it hard to get scores and found it hard to get our hands in the ball and we, we couldn't stood off them and they won all the second ball. So we, we made hard work of it. We, you know, at the end of the day, we were lucky to get out of it, but I, I'd be very proud of you know the way we uh, responded in extra time and the way we won an extra time, you know, up in the Gaelic Grounds particularly, you know, it was great way to, get a great way to, great way to win. Uh, the conditions at this time of year, I suppose, can be a, a massive factor and tactics can kind of be, be thrown out the window in terms of what you might face uh, on Sunday. But uh, I suppose uh, with the way Kilmoyne play at times as well, they, they do, they are kind of, they're quite a compact team, I suppose. That if there is a, a strong win there, it's going to be very difficult to try and get in behind them, I suppose. I imagine so, um, Ian, you know, this... 
look, is, is it is probably the, the time of the year in January now is it's is is not that fast. But beautiful hurling, you know, slick hurling, one-handed picks and so on like that. It's going to be a, it's going to be a dog fight. Um, it's going to be as you said, their middle tours going to be I said packed and it's just really you know you're just hoping on the day that you know you'll be as competitive as you possibly can. You just want to you know hopefully be very you know, match them physically and match them for hunger. Uh, and hopefully you get the rub of the green at the end of the day. And that's probably a big performance. We're just looking for a big performance more, guys. And it's just basically what I said to you there is based on that hard grafting, you know. You also have the recent experience of having had the semi-final in the Gaelic round, so a bit of familiarity with the venue won't be a bad thing either. No, 100%. Uh, you know, just like the, the journey up and I suppose the, the, the timing of breakfast and, um, you know, the, the pre-warm-up and... Getting familiar with the dress rooms where we're in, and, and and a lot of the players wouldn't have played in in the Gaelic grounds as well in, so it was great to get a workout there. Um, I wouldn't say it's an advantage or disadvantage to be quite honest. It's just we're, we're familiar with all right, but at the end of the day, just four white lines and there's two goal posts there, so you know. Well, Sean, uh, we wish you the very best of luck, and uh, thanks a million for coming on the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much, Aidan, gentlemen. All right, that is uh, Corsi Rovers boss Sean Goheen chatting to Aidan ahead of their uh, game in the Intermediate Munster Club hurling final tomorrow against uh, Kerry's Kilmoyley. Now we're going to turn attentions to Bally Giblin because Bally Giblin looking to land a historic Munster title when they face close neighbours on the border of uh, uh, Tipperary. Uh, Rinky. <laughs> Love that name, Rinky. That's in the junior decider. It's on a mallow tomorrow at half one. They'll be hoping um, that AFL and Cork football star Mark Keane will be available for that one as well. And Ro- Aidan spoke to the manager, Ronan Dwan, ahead of the big day. Ronan Dwayne is on the line. Uh, thanks for coming on, Ronan. No uh, Sunday is the big day. Uh, there must be a great buzz around the community heading into it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you know, it's you know, be getting winning the county and getting into Munster, you know, qualifying over Munster final like is. Um, you know, there's been a huge excitement over Christmas and that and I suppose look then you know the, you've the added factor of playing you know you know, be, you know Skeener and Cabelli pouring which is just over the, the border from, from, from Belly Giblin so like you know that's added to the excitement and there's great excitement you know all over the locality like you know which is great you know Yeah it's, 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 it's quite rare I suppose for, for two teams in, in such uh, close proximity to meet in the final um, is it a team that, that you have played a, a couple of times in the past? Well, look, you know they play challenge matches over the years all the time, you know, and you know, you know, as I said, uh, you know, the, the Skeen Rink uh, players, you know, will all would have been to school in Mitchellstown as well, so you know they would, um, you know, they'd be very familiar with each other, you know. So it's that, you know, that's just great interest in that, and you know, it's kind of a, as you said, they're kind of a unique pairing for a Munster final, so you know, it's something to be looking for, look forward to know for for you know. Over for for coming up to Sunday, you know, and as you know, they said over Christmas and that, you know, it's been great excitement. Even just training over Christmas, you know, for a Munster final, you know, you know, it's not going to happen again, you know, you know, more than likely. So, you know, it's there's a great novelty factor, and you know, we played a few games as well. You know, it's just, you know, it's just a, a unique, a unique uh, situation to be, you know, to be in. So, look, it's one that we, you know, we're fully aware it'll probably never come again. So, you know, we're really embracing it as, and and you know, embracing it as best we can. You know, absolutely. Uh, I suppose. Uh, the big question during the week as well was uh, the availability of, of the jeweller, I suppose, treble star, uh, Marquina. Are you able to tell us if he'll be lining out Sunday? Well, yeah, he's back anyway. He's back for Christmas, you know, so he's on, he's on Christmas holidays back, so he's back. So look, we're hoping to have him available anyway for the, for the weekend. You know, it'd be great if we did. I suppose, as you said, it's a kind of one-off opportunity. Does that mean there's, there's more pressure or is there a bit of freedom for players to express themselves? Yeah, I suppose. Look, you know, when you start off the year, I suppose, you know, you're you're looking to to you know, you're hoping to you know maybe win your divisional 
you know, championship, you know, I mean, you know, in Cork, you know, you know, every divisional championship is fiercely contested. So, you know, you, you know, you're hoping to maybe win that and maybe push on and have a cut half the county. So you don't really ever think about, you know, winning monster championships or anything like that till you're, you know, till, I suppose, till the county's over, you know. That is um, Ballygiblin manager Ronan Dwan ahead of their game tomorrow against Gehina Rinky um, in uh, in the junior decider. That's a Mallow at half one tomorrow. Now sticking with Gaelic games and uh, despite a spirited performance today in Camogie, Inascara are out of the Munster Camogie Senior Club Championship. They were beaten 1-8 to uh, 8 points by Clare's Scarif Oganello. I think that's how you pronounce it, in an enthralling semi-final clash. And uh, Andrew Horgan was there for us. He was chatting to uh, Inascara Scarra coach Stephen McCormack after I suppose you've committed the rations uh, what were your thoughts on the game uh, look very disappointing um, you know to be fair Scarra for a very good side and look, we, we gave it everything just I suppose we did, we, did, we did a very good start and then we conceded a soft goal and you know I suppose we didn't take advantage of the wind when we had it and look, we're obviously hugely disappointed like, I think you saw that last a couple of big players already in the game and uh, like that obviously look had a, had a little bit of a bearing on it but look it is or is the better team won today and unfortunately we just have to suck it up yeah was that the game plan obviously they kind of start quickly obviously went four points up after about seven or eight minutes yeah but look we had there was a bit of a breeze <laughs> probably picked up if anything in the second half though but yeah look it's a uh, yeah of course look we go to start every game trying to start strongly um, but you know we were confident our girls they were always going to back them to the end and, and that's what they did and they threw everything at it we are probably lucky there not to just get a you know, you know just needed a break that just, unfortunately didn't come our way today yeah because say you were four points up with Katie Manny went off injured and then suddenly by half time you're kind of they've scored five on a row yeah they got a goal in two points like I thought it was a very soft goal I thought um, you know the nature of the first half there was a very stark stop you know just we couldn't get into that rhythm um, it's just unfortunate like you know and in terms of the second half obviously you gave it everything as well it uh, obviously battled right until the very end uh, yeah, the, the girls are super. You know, the girls are unbelievable all year. Um, people are them off in the Cork Championship all year. You know, they, they've been they, they've been incredible and just look, you, you feel for them today, but they'll be back again, no question. Yeah. So yeah, how do you sum the whole season? How it went? Ah, disappointing. You know, we, we, we lost the league final, we lost the county final, we lost today. Um, you know, but but these are the games we want to play, and you, you know, we'll be hungry to be back. Now that is Stephen McCormick there chatting to Andrew Horgan after Inescara's defeat today in the Munster Camogie Senior Club Championship. Now before we finish up Jer uh, McCarthy, the host of course of our Women in Sport podcast, he has been speaking to the son of the legendary Cork ladies football manager Eamon Ryan who uh, sadly passed away last year and uh, he's been chatting to his son Jim Ryan discussing the T.G. Cahar documentary a great documentary over Christmas on Moshteer which uh, the master obviously which aired over Christmas on T.G. Cahar her, uh, just remembering Eamon Ryan and Jer has been chatting to his son Jim OK so on December 30th over the Christmas period Tina G broadcast um, a fantastic a poignant and a really really well put together documentary on the life of former Cork LGFA 10 time All-Ireland winning manager Eamon Ryan it was entitled Eamon Ryan on Moshter um, it received rave reviews on social media immediately afterwards. It was really well put together, as I said, by the people at TG Carr and Entman, the uh, production company. But I'm delighted now on on the Big Red Bench to be joined by um, Eamon's son, Jim Ryan, to talk about the documentary and the after effects of it. Jim, you're very, very welcome. Thanks very much, Sir. Can I start just by obviously saying, look, everybody that ever met Eamon Ryan only had good things to say about him and what a lovely legacy that is to leave behind. But from your perspective as his son, 
And from his family's perspective, the, when, the, when a documentary is being put together about someone's life, it's impossible to put everything into that one documentary. But you and your family's reaction, first of all, to Eamon Ryan and Mosher and how it came across. Yeah, look, we were, we were thrilled, I suppose, the way it turned out. Um, the whole family were. His, you know, my five brothers and sisters, my mom and his brothers and sisters, really, primarily. Um, you know, I suppose from day one, we were, of course, mooted by Ron, I don't know who the, the producer and director. He, um, we had a little chat and, you know, he was very anxious, as were we, to get across Dad's life more than just any small segment of his life, you know, because... He was nearly 80 years on the planet and he packed in a fair amount in that 80 years. So, you know, it was, it was, um, it was fantastic. We, we, we were thrilled with the outcome and uh, the amount of calls, texts, um, well wishes on the back of our, were, were, you know, too numerous to mention. And that's lovely to hear, Jim, because you can forget very quickly, like myself in the media business and, and fans of, of sport and fans of AIM and obviously are delighted to see it, but for the family and for the family that he, he, he the the large and the extended family, the Ryan family, not just just at home. It's 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 a lovely thing to see up on screen, but also I would imagine quite poignant and quite sad. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very poignant at times, you know. Um, it was a difficult uh, endeavour for for a lot of us, ma'am, especially, you know, because I suppose it it was only last January that passed away, so we kind of began the process around um, <coughs> September, October with Nemeton and, and Ronan. So it was, everything was still quite, you know, emotional, quite charged. And then, um, you know, I suppose from that point of view, it, it was a tough thing to do, but looking back at it now and the way it turned out, you know, it could be something we cherish, you know, for as long as we're left on the planet. And rightly so. One of the things that I took from it, um, and I would have, I would not have known Eamon very well, but it would have come across him towards the end of his, his Cork managerial career and just afterwards, he's just the warmth the warmth of his personality, the warmth just of himself. He, he never pretended to be anything other than what he was, which was a really nice, down-to-earth person and a caring person. But as your father and as a teacher and as a headmaster, what Unmaster, the documentary, brought across that I didn't realise is the amount of lives outside of sport that Eamon would have touched, the, the former pupils that held him in such high esteem, even the ones that weren't necessarily into sport, but he had an interest in them. He took an interest in them and he that interest, you know, helped spark interest in, in music and in lots of other things. I mean, that that's obviously clearly something that you felt since the since the documentary aired. Ah, uh, certainly. Like, and I mean, that that would have been the way he was brought up. I mean, use or care there, and I suppose that that's central to everything he did because, you know, uh, sometimes in sport and in life, um, you have to be ruthless, and I'm sure he had to be in, in certain aspects of his coaching career. But you do it with a sense of duty and a sense of care, and. And I think he, he was brought up with that by, by my grandparents and, and with his siblings. I mean, his, his brother, father, Mick, would have gone to, to Peru as a missionary for a good number of years before he got ill. You know, there was that kind of um, culture and um, ethos within the family group, I suppose, that, that dad would have absorbed. And um, and I suppose it kind of seeped out then as he went through his life. And that is, I suppose, anything you do in life, you kind of have to have fundamental values and non-negotiable, and I suppose, that sense of care and, and humility would have been his two non-negotiables, I'd imagine. And not alone did he have those, um, you know, those those very very positive aspects to his to his character, but he was able to he was able to transfer that onto a training pitch and get it across not just to the Cork Ladies senior team, which went on a fantastic ten time All Ireland run, but the way the players and I know you would have heard a lot of the comments from those ex players, 
the way they speak about Eamon, they speak about him not just as a coach or a manager, but just as somebody that they could turn to away from football. And he wouldn't, doesn't, there wasn't anything he wouldn't do for them. And that's, that seems to be a trait throughout his life, Jim, not alone for his children, but for the people that he'd coached yeah. and came across. He would always. Yeah, but again, again, it's the holistic, the holistic approach. You know, I mean, you, you can't just deal with an athlete, you can't just deal with a student. You have to deal with the whole person. And, and you have to, you know, you have to remember a lot of people, a lot of us hardly understand ourselves. So it's incumbent on any of us involved in education, coaching, you know, any areas of leadership that we try and understand the person as much as the athlete, student, whatever it may be, you know. And that was, that was the way he went about business. And, and I suppose that transferred in, into the way he coached, the way he taught, the way he interacted with people. Um, one of the other things that came across from it and something that I wouldn't have re- realised myself is that how often, how much he thought deeply about things. He thought about coaching. He didn't just turn up with a plan for a coaching session. He put, he took so much of his teaching life and from his home life and brought that in and used sayings and various kind of one-liners and quotes from various, you know, like the likes of Socrates and God knows what else, um, to get a point across to his players. That's a very unique trait and a very special thing to have. And I think one of his favorite sayings, I think you mentioned in an article in the Irish Examiner was that is to appreciate what you have now before time makes you appreciate what you had. Is that something even in home life, you know, that he was just this humble, down-to-earth person, you'd never know he was a 10-time All-Ireland winning coach? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would have grown up, I mean, I, I would have been in the classroom in the late 70s, early 80s, and like he would have brought in an awful lot of, of uh, stuff from outside of the curriculum that I guess kids that age group in lots of other schools would never ever have come across. You know, he read a lot. He, he was very interested in life, um, and and from that point of view, I suppose he, he liked to 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 bring things from from his experiences into the classroom and onto the coaching pitch as well. You know, and and I suppose again, it's it's you know it helps you kind of not over-focus too much on, on the role as, as coach, teacher, whatever, but again, like I refer to as, as looking at the whole person. Now that you've seen the documentary on Master and, and TG Carr, Jim, and know that your family, you know, obviously have been over Christmas, it can't have been easy. New Year, not it. Likewise, I mean, people tend to forget that Eamon is gone, unfortunately, and that for your mother and for your extended family, it's not an easy time of the year, but I would hope that you would take a lot of the warmth and the joy that people that Eamon brought into everyone's lives that he came into contact with, including myself, and the kindness that he showed, that that's being relayed back to you now and that that's some bit of comfort to you in what still is quite a difficult time, I would imagine, for you and for the family. Yeah, look, look, it's certainly comforting. I mean, mean, it doesn't change the the core reality of the fact that that that's passed on, you know. But what it will do, I suppose, is for, for us as, as a family and for, you know, my brothers and sisters, for their children, for my children, you know, it'll give them a sense of comfort and, and possibly maybe some of the stuff will seep into them and maybe, you know, the legacy will be carried on to another generation. Uh, and likewise for my mom, you know, it's been very tough for her, you know, she's, um, I suppose he would never have achieved uh, 10% of what he achieved without having my mom there to, to, I suppose, keep him on the straight and narrow, provide for him, I mean, he, he never had to do all that at all, man did everything for him, you know. So she gave him, I suppose, 
a free license to go and do what he was very interested in doing. That is Jim Ryan, the son of the late great Eamon Ryan, uh, Court Lady Football Manager, chatting to Jeremy McCarthy of the Red FM Women in Sport podcast, wrapping us up on the show tonight. Just before we finish, going to give you the latest scores in the FA Cup. There are five games ongoing, 69 minutes on the clock now in Birmingham. It's Birmingham nil, Plymouth Argyle nil. Chelsea have scored another one. It's Chelsea 5, Chesterfield nil. 69 minutes gone there as well. 70 minutes um, at Hull City. It is Everton leading Hull 2-1. And elsewhere in Swansea, then 70 minutes on the clock as well. Southampton 1-0 up on Swansea still. And 55 minutes on the clock in Yeovil. Bournemouth 2-1 up on Yeovil. But it was, of course, a day in the FA Cup. The big news, Cambridge. What a giant killing at St. James's Park. Defeating Newcastle of the Premier League. 1-0 at St. James's Park in the FA Cup this afternoon. Newcastle with all their Saudi money and lowly Cambridge with Irishman Wes Houlihan in the squad as well uh, got the victory there. So that's the real giant killing of the FA Cup today amongst a few other shocks, but that is the big one, right? That is us out of time. Big Red Bench back again tomorrow from 6. I'm back with you actually in the morning on the 10 to 2 show from 10 a.m. I'll chat to you then. Have a lovely, wonderful Saturday night for yourselves. Take it handy. It's cold and wet out there. And stand by for Stevie G. He's on the way next. The Big Red.